You're listening to Heritage Ag Solutions Podcast here in Monmouth, Illinois. We're back with Golden Harvest agronomist Brad Cook, and today we talk all about crop nutrient deficiencies and diseases that farmers may be dealing with for this year. Take a listen. Okay, so today we are back with Golden Harvest agronomist Brad Cook, and today we want to touch on nutrient deficiencies that could crop up in season and what to do about them, and then also talk about diseases for both corn and soybeans as we're out scouting fields and taking a look at the situations we are in. So Brad, uh, we've talked about in earlier podcasts about how for some nutrients, it's uh, too late. You know, if if you're deficient at this point, there's not a whole lot that can be done, right? What would those nutrients be? Yeah, so it goes back to um, what does the plant still have yet to take up as far as some of those nutrients, and then what is there an available form to get out there, whether that's mechanic, you know, through an applicator or an airplane. So um, when I look at the amount of rain that we've got over the last 10 days, literally some places are approached and are even over 10 inches of rain. Um, I start to think about my mobile nutrients and and what how much nitrogen have we potentially lost and and sulfur we talked about both of those nutrients last time in, in, in more of a drought scenario right um, and that, now we're now we're in a very different spot in Illinois where we've got for the most part saturated conditions across the entire state Um and I believe, depending on soil types and, and such, we, we probably lost some mobile nutrients like nitrogen and sulfur. Um, and that's what we need to keep an eye on. And your plants are, will tell you um, if, they're, if they're becoming deficient. So with, with nitrogen, um, uh, it's very easy to tell. It's, um, the, the plant will remobilize nitrogen um, when, it's, when, when it's needed higher in the plant. So what you start seeing is yellow leaves, and there, it's, it's kind of a V-shape, starts at the leaf tip, goes yellow, and then ultimately it, it goes, it, that leaf tip will die. But you can start seeing it being translocated from the bottom of the plant, the bottom leaves. Um, as, it's, as it can't find any more in the soil, it starts robbing from itself. And so if you start seeing that pre-tassel, you're, that's a problem. Because you, as we talked in our last session, you're only really about 60 to 70 percent uptake of nitrogen at this point. So it still needs, we still need a lot of nitrogen for grain fill um, to get us through the pollination period. So if we've got saturated soils, we're maybe seeing signs of deficiencies. How can that be remedied at this point in the growing season? Yep. So there's, there's a, um, depending on your crop growth stage, you still may be able to go out there with some type of a mechanical spray type applicator um, and, and certainly not sp- spray the corn <laughs> you'll you'll burn the heck out of it um, something like a wide drop mechanism um, or just straight drops um, <clears throat> again then at that point you got to get a rain to incorporate that in um, probably one of the best ways especially as we get closer to tassel here is um, just going out with an airplane and using dry products um, and does that need to be ahead of a rain event, though, to incorporate that in? It does. It does. And and if the soil is still wet from this past rain period, um, urea 
um, can, can almost immediately, especially in a warm day, start to gas off on a wet soil. Um, so we really need to treat, you need to treat your urea with a urease inhibitor um, um, if you're going to go out and do that practice. Um, I would suggest potentially, or you could use it on a product like ammonium sulfate as well. Um, there's still lots of uh, cornfields out here showing sulfur deficiencies. Um, and so you, you have said previously, treat sulfur the way you do nitrogen. So if you're going out there with nit- nitrogen, maybe incorporate some sulfur into that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we talked about ratios anywhere from a 7 to 1 to 10 to 1 ratio. Um, again, a 250 bushel corn um, plant's going to utilize about 40 pounds of, of sulfate. Um, and again, it's, it's mobile, like nitrate. So, you know... Um, it can, um, just as nitrogen can leach, um, nitrogen can, you, you can, um, you can lose it to, um, denitrification. Sulfur can do the same thing. Um, okay. So at this point in the growing season, keep an eye on nitrogen, sulfur, but for your P and your K, it's, that story has been written pretty much at this point. There's not a lot that can be done. For the most part. And, and like, like we discussed, potassium is pretty much at, at the end of uptake by, by tassel. Um, before, prior to all this rain, we did see some potassium deficiency from dry, just from the dry soil, um, especially on, on field edges and things like that. Um, so pretty much the, the two I would be looking at is, is nitrogen and sulfur. Um, potentially there's opportunity to put out a little bit of boron, um, with some foliars, maybe with your, with a fungicide or something like that. Um, but those are the two I'd be concerned about simply because of the amount of rain. Okay. So that's corn. If we talked about soybeans, there are some soybeans that are yellow out there right now. Now that could be waterlogged, but also that could be signs of deficiencies, right? Yeah. Yeah. There are several things, um, specifically waterlogging just itself, a lack of oxygen, um, can, can make them look that way, but which, what's also happening is potentially, again, some, some, some nitrogen being leached. I mean, soybeans that aren't, haven't fully nodulated yet, um, you know, maybe using some soil nitrogen, um, and, and certainly we've, we've leached some of that. The other thing that makes these soybeans give that yellow appearance after a big rain is, is iron deficiency chlorosis, um, is, is what what I've seen a lot this, this past few days as I've traveled is you, you can see it out there. <clears throat> in a rain event, actually what happens, you, you, you release, um, it's soil chemistry, but um, um, essentially you get, a, you get a, a quick rise in soil pH, um, and that, that, that inhibits um, iron uptake. Uh, I think as these soils dry out, you'll, you'll see that go away and they'll grow out of that um, typically. But... Um, Especially soils that have a lot of calcium or high in pH um, are susceptible to that. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that, as well as soybeans um, can be so, uh, sulfur deficient as well. So I think we're seeing a lot of the same things in soybeans that we are with corn. Okay, so it maybe would would be to your benefit to apply sulfur to even soybeans. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, you know, as far as the nitrogen piece goes, there there. Uh, most of these soybeans are, are fully are getting into full nodulation and producing their own nitrogen now. But 
Um, there's been studies that, that show positive responses to, to sulfur over the top um, um, from a sulfate standpoint. Okay. Now, turning to diseases that as we go through the growing season, they might start to appear as, as producers or even their seed advisors go out and look at their fields. So let's just kind of work through our diseases and, and talk about what to look for, um, how to identify them, and any effect they might have on yield. We'll start with corn. Uh, talk to me about gray leaf spot. What does that look like and what does it do and how big of a concern is it? Well, we are prime. We literally, it's like a greenhouse outside. Um, I had a colleague call this last week uh, juicy, um, right? That's accurate. That's accurate, yes. I mean, the humidity levels are, are have been sky high. It's rained almost every day. We've had some type of rain event for the last 10 days. So you're almost replicating a greenhouse condition. So I, I, I foresee a lot of the disease popping up um, in the near term. In the near near term, uh, we're certainly going to be scouting for it here over the next couple of weeks. So back to gray leaf spot. That's one that I see um, potentially going to show its you know to to be here. The inoculum is here, and we we're in prime conditions for it to to replicate, generate, and infect these corn plants. So. Again, so that overwinters in inoculum and, and corn residue. It goes up the plant through rain events. We've had that. Then you have to have humidity and, and, and dews um, for it to propagate, infect the leaves. We've got that. And so what, what you, the thing is, is when you see gray leaf spot, <laughs> that's already in its, I believe it's in the fourth or fifth stage of its life cycle. It was when okay. you, is when you visually see it. And we touched on this during our fungicide conversation. By the time you see it, it's already doing its thing. It's in the plant. Cor- correct. So no doubt gray leaf spot has, is infecting corn plants right now as we sit here and speak. I haven't visually seen any lesions yet. Um, plan to do a lot of scouting next week. Um, so anyhow, when you see it, it's, it's, it's been here. It's got about a three-week, two- to three-week in- incubation period. So it's prime time to start thinking about um, proactive and preventative fungicides for sure. Um, Grayly spot uh, propagates in somewhat moderate uh, temperatures. Um, after about 90 degrees, it starts to temper off a little bit. Um, but in an Illinois summer, it's, it's prime for gray leaf spot. And you're affecting the leaves, so uh, that's affecting photosynthesis. And so ultimately... You know, should it get significant enough, you're robbing yield. Correct, correct. Um, yeah, you know, just a few lesions of, of gray leaf spot um, certainly is, isn't a concern, and especially anything ear leaf and below. I don't get too concerned about it, other than I know that it's there. You, again, if you can visually see it, you, you know it's there. Um, for corn specifically, the, the upper third of that plant is what really dri- it drives the factory for photosynthate you know, through grain fill. So that's what we really want to protect. So I don't get too concerned if I, about yield when I see it below the ear leaf, other than I know it's there. And if we keep having conditions that's ripe for that disease to spread, then I'm going to want to do something about it. Um, So other diseases um, that you might be seeing and thinking about um, is northern corn leaf blight. the why that one concerns me is the way that lesion 
happens. It's it's a much bigger. It takes out a lot more leaf area, much more quick. Quick, simply because the lesion's large. It mm-hmm. looks like a big cigar is what that is what that lesion looks like. Versus a gray leaf spot are your little rectangular type lesions, uh, uh, intervenal. So, so of the two, you have more concern about northern corn leaf blight. I, I do, just simply from. Oh, if if you had to ask me which one can take out yield faster, northern certainly can, just because of the how how much it can destroy the leaf area. Now, northern corn leaf blight will be tempered tempered um, by temperature, meaning it does high temperatures does slow that disease down. So, again, we stay in that seventy degree nights, eighty degree days. Lots of humidity. That thing will that thing will rock and roll. Um, if we heat up here in July, then it again we, we can te- that that disease is tempered by high high temperatures. Okay. Earlier, uh, you and I were talking about tar spot or white mold. You know, there's a plethora of others things that could be popping up. Do we need to keep an eye out? Yeah, definitely keep an eye out for tar spot. That that one um, can really be lethal. It 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 can take over a plant really quick. Um, we haven't seen it this far south um, until last year. Um, it came in pretty late, so it didn't do a lot of yield damage. But if we would see tar spot in July here in this area, I'd, I'd be concerned because um, it can really spread fast and take out a lot of leaf area in corn. As well as, I think I mentioned it last time, I, I always get concerned with southern rust. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another one that can really take off. Um, and, and temperatures for the most part, southern rust like was is fine with hot hot weather. Um, it needs moist temp- it needs to be moist as well. Um, the common rust, I don't get too worried about that from a yield yield loss perspective. You're going to see that every year, but if southern blows up, it can take over plants and leaf area really quickly. So that's one to be to be watching, and that takes southern, southern storm events, low pressure systems to, to bring that up. So we'll, we'll be watching for that. On soybeans, the one I'm concerned about with right now is white mold. Um, Going to be scouting a lot for that next week. <clears throat> the conditions we just had are ripe for that for that um, disease to take off. Um, it infects around that flowering that R1 time period, and it takes a big rain event for that to happen, or a lot. Of, it doesn't even necessarily take big rain events. It just can take a lot of dews, um, which which we're having as well, um, and so it can spread fast. And that one can really take down yield. Um, we've seen instances of forty to fifty percent yield loss um, hmm. on plants that get heavily infected, fields that get heavily infected with it. So that's one to really keep an eye out for. Um, has little black fruiting bodies um, that grow on the on the plants, and that produces the the white mold um, that you see. So keep an eye out for that. And there there are some um, some uh, products that you can use to to help control that. So the other one I'm, that uh, is always on my mind um, that we'll keep an eye out for is sudden sudden death syndrome. Um, we had conditions that were right. <clears throat> a lot of soybeans went in early in good conditions, and it was warm, but then it got very cool and wet afterwards. And so that's what it takes for the infection to happen. Um, 
but then to actually see the leaf symptoms later in the year, it takes, again, a, a big rain event, a saturation event for that fungus to grow in the roots and send up toxins. So um, we get another, you know, later in July here, if we get another system like we just had, uh, I'm going to be concerned for southern, de southern death. And really, there's nothing you can do about that once you see it um, other than you know, proactively plan for seed treatments. Mm -hmm. um, In which we've got our Salcho product, which is specifically for sudden death. Correct. And a lot of beans went out this year with either that product, Salcho, or or, or a few, uh, uh, one or two others that are on the market. And uh, so hopefully growers won't have to face sudden death like they have in the past. Mm -hmm. um, and with our Saltro, I mean, it doesn't have like the halo effect or it doesn't cause any type no. of damage to the young plant as it's emerging. Like, no, there's like no phyto effect with, with Saltro. It's very seed safe um, and very effective on, on sudden deaths. So I say that <clears throat> depending on conditions. I mean, you still may get a little bit, but it, it, it will certainly decrease the incidence and the severity. If you're in a high-pressure SDS area, you'll notice the difference. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, that is everything I had for you today. What else do growers need to be aware of or what needs to be on their mind in the week ahead? Um, just just get out there proactively. Look for any of these nutrient deficiencies that we talked about. You can still correct still correct it. We, have, we now have a profile, <laughs> a soil profile full of moisture. So yield potential should be r really good. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't need to rain again. You know, to to have good a good crop out there, but we've got a we, we've recharged the soil. Um, with that, we've probably leached some nutrients. So, if that's the case, um, get out there and, and and you can still do something about it. Um, and then be watching for these diseases, um, so that your yield potential that we've set up that's very high right now, you know, doesn't get taken away by by losing your leaf You want area. to protect that and preserve that. Uh, as we go into the weeks ahead with these diseases popping up and, like you said, addressing any nutrient concerns. Absolutely. We've got, we're set up with, we got a big crop coming if, if, if we now manage, um, manage it the rest of the season. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you for your time. Thanks, We'll talk Justin. to you again on Down the Road. That does it for today. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our content, and thanks again, Brad, for taking the time to visit with us. If you have any ideas for future episode topics or have questions you'd like to ask, feel free to reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook under Heritage Ag Solutions, and our email is heritageagseeds at gmail.com. You can also visit goldenharvestseeds.com to access our 2021 agronomy handbook, as well as other articles on various topics. As always, if you haven't yet, look us up on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us a follow so you don't miss any future episodes. We are Heritage Ag Solutions, helping you leave a legacy that lasts. We'll catch you next time.